Welcome to the Renovate Podcast. This week at Renovate, we started a new series called The Elusive Relationship, really unpacking what it looks like to have gospel-centered relationships, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged, whether you're married. And tonight at Renovate, we looked at the purposes of singleness and the purposes of marriage. Enjoy. Amen. Praise God. How are you tonight? Good. Nine of you. Good. Hey, um, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about this new series that we're stepping into. Um, My son, Charlie, just turned five on Friday. And uh, yep, okay, that's weird that you're that excited about that. You don't know him. Uh, My son turned five, and uh, so he had a little birthday party, and he got a bunch of gifts. And my son's thing right now, uh, just recently, like this is kind of a new way for us, is he has just kind of discovered Legos. And so he, has got, he got a lot of Legos. So we had lots of boxes of Legos given to us for his birthday party, which means, here's what that means for my family uh, involving my five-year-old son. What it means is that mom and dad are doing a lot of Lego building right now because my son doesn't know how to actually follow the instructions to build the Legos. He sees the picture on the box and he gets excited about that. But my son, uh, my son is a smart kid, right? He can poop and wipe his own bottom. Uh, he, he's smart, all right? Uh, he is a smart kid. That is right now the bar. And he can do that just fine. His brother can't do that. And so right now, that's the standard in our house, if you can wipe your own bottom. Um, but he, he can't figure out how to put together Legos, right? He sees, oh man, there's like this Jurassic Park world and a T-Rex and all that kind of stuff, but he doesn't know how to put them together, which means I'm putting together a lot of Lego statues, uh, which, is, which is fine, but I need people to stop giving him boxes of Legos because uh, I have other things I need to do. Um, and, so, and so one of the things that this reminds me of as I'm putting together Legos all weekend is, is this topic that we're gonna be just wrestling through for the next six weeks. Uh, this topic of man, what it looks like to enter into, navigate healthy relationships from, from singleness to dating to the engaged thing to marriage, what that looks like and how much of a mess that is and how hard that is and how difficult marriage is in seasons and how difficult engagement is in seasons and dating and singleness. And all of those things are this mess Right? And they can, they can definitely be this huge mess in our world and our culture today. And so what I want to do is we're going to spend six weeks talking about it. Uh, I don't, confession, I don't love topical sermon series. I don't. This has been something, though, that's been on my heart for a while. And it's been something that even pastorally as leadership and staff here feel like, man, let's step into this in a bigger way than maybe we have in the last few years uh, at Renovate. And let's step into it and let's get real practical and let's dig deep in this. And let's really walk alongside you guys as imperfect leaders, but going to the scriptures to unpack, man, what does this look like? And so what we're going to do and what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at the big picture. Right, if, if I'm gonna build a Lego statue, right? if I'm gonna build a Lego Jurassic Park base or a bat cave or whatever it is, I'm gonna look at the box and I'm gonna figure out, man, this is the goal. This is what it should look like. This is what it should look like. And then we're gonna walk systematically through, man, some of those steps of how to do that. Uh, it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be tough at times. Uh, it's hard. There's so many questions, so many practical questions of like, man, how do I do this, man? Sometimes uh, I'm too forward 
with girls or guys, sometimes I'm not forward enough. There's so many things in marriage. There's so much frustration that can evolve there and so many places for attack, honestly. So, um, so we have to know where we're going if we want this thing to work and we want healthy relationships. So if you are single, if you are dating, if you are engaged, and if you are married, if you are anywhere in that spectrum, I really am excited about unpacking this because I think it's gonna cover all those areas. Because those four areas of life, those four different seasons in life, um, those are things that are all connected. And they're all connected by a purpose, by an overarching purpose of, of that. And so tonight, what we're gonna talk about is we're gonna stay pretty 30,000 foot level uh, on week one. And we're gonna talk about big picture what is this supposed to look like? And specifically, we're going to talk about marriage um, because I am under the, um, I am under the uh, opinion or fact or uh, persuasion that dating exists for the purpose of marriage. Um, and so that's going to be an overarching theme throughout the next six weeks of, man, dating exists for the purpose of marriage. And so if we want to do this well, then we need to know what the end goal looks like. Um, if you are dating uh, and you have no interest in being married, uh, and that is not a goal of yours, then I love you. You should stop dating. Okay, so um, <laughs> dating is not talked about much in the Bible. Uh, dating is not talked about much, but marriage is talked about a ton. And relationships and healthy relationships are talked about on every page of the Bible. Uh, so here's what we're doing. We're going to wrestle through this tough topic um, it's necessary, it's difficult, um, it's gonna be fun. Here's what I want from you guys, man. Just as a, as a pastor and a shepherd of this room and, and this ministry, uh, I wanna hear from you guys. Uh, I, I want to be able to lead you well in the next six weeks. I wanna be able to take you to scripture. Uh, I, I wanna be able to go deep and I wanna be able to address things that you guys are wrestling with. So there's a phone number. It's the phone number we use for anything. So if you accidentally at some point tonight, text the word project, it's going to sign you up for Renovate uh, Project. So this is the same number that you text Renovate Project or home groups or whatever. But uh, this is our number that we would, I would love to hear. We would love to hear questions you guys have throughout. It's going to be on the bottom of all the slides for the next six weeks. I, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear questions you have. I want to hear uh, tension that you guys are feeling in, in certain aspects. Uh, I, I'm intentionally not going to make this easy for you guys. There's going to be things that I say that you guys are going to be pissed at me for. Sorry, I'm going to say them. Uh, there's going to be tension. Uh, there's going to be more questions. Uh, there's going to be comments that you guys have, and we want to hear that. And so we want to be able to be as, as possible as it is with, with a room of 275, 300 people. We want to be as interactive as possible and be able to custom, customize some of this to you guys. So please text in questions. We're going to go to Scripture a ton because that is our authority here. So, so that's another... That's just where we're going to stand here in this ministry. We're going to stand on, man, Scripture is our authority. Not culturally, what, what does the culture say it needs to look like? How do we feel this is going? How do we feel like this should work? But we're going to say, man, the Bible is going to be our authority. Um, there are a ton of resources that I have spent time in uh, in the last couple years, but even specifically the last couple months, uh, reading a lot of contemporary resources. Um, and I thought, man, they've been a blessing to me. Other pastors, other ministers, other guys out there who love the word of God, love Jesus, but are also unpacking a, a really important topic with relationships and marriage and all that kind of stuff. So I, I basically have a bibliography. I'm gonna throw that up there. Oh, it's too small for you guys to see. Well, sucks to be all. But um, uh, the, these are just a lot of other good resources, honestly. Not Yet Married is a great book. Probably my favorite of all these, Sex, Love, and Dating by Andy Stanley, What He Must Be, Single Dating Engaged, 
Momentary Marriage by John Piper is amazing. You and Me Forever has been transformative for me and Danielle. Um, the Bible, written by God, <laughs> is, pretty, is pretty stinking important. Um, the Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment is a Puritan writer, right? That guy's a stud. If you want to chew on that for a while, you can. But all of this, right? Like These are all just contemporary resources with the exception of the Bible written by God. Uh, that's, that's where we're going to be. Um, I actually printed out a list for you guys of all this stuff and resources for a couple reasons. One, because, man, we're family here, and I want you guys to know some other good resources. And what we're going to do in six weeks is not going to be all-inclusive and all-encompassing and cover all the things. So we wanted to point you in some direction of, man, these are other great resources. Uh, but ultimately, man, it's just a bunch of other guys and other pastors looking at the word of God, looking at the Bible and saying, man, what is his truth say about how to navigate this thing? And looking at it from different angles, some from the angle of single women, some from the angle of single men, some from the angle of marriage, dating, all of that kind of stuff. So great resources. I, I've got a whole bunch of these on the info table. So on your way out, if you just wanna grab one of these, we've also got other resources here at Christ Chapel. So uh, that is for you. And just so you know, a lot of these guys have kind of influenced uh, me in some, I think, really positive ways uh, as I have, have dug into this. So it's important for you guys to be in the loop on that. Okay, so here we go. Um, <clears throat> we, are all, uh, we are all in relationships in one way or the other. Uh, whether you're single and you're not in a romantic relationship, we're still navigating this world of relationships. And so as we look at the purpose, I want us to look at three major purposes tonight of marriage. Three major purposes, kind of the core purposes that we see in Scripture. Then the first one is this. The first one is sanctification. Uh, we are going to be all over Scripture tonight, too, and so uh, we don't have a whole lot of slides for that. So, man, I would have your Bibles ready because we're going to be jumping all over the place. Or if you're a note taker, write down those references and study them on your own later. Uh, sanctification is the first purpose of marriage. Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. Ephesians 4, 30 through 32, Paul says this. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. <clears throat> this, is, this is hard. Uh, this is hard. And yet here in Ephesians 4, we see what God is telling us, how he's commanding us to live uh, honestly, in unity with, with each other. And he sets this standard for what it looks like. Uh, even this idea of forgiving one another as Christ forgave you, we're supposed to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're supposed to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, all of those things be put away. Uh, we are called to be in relationships in a really difficult way. If we are followers of Christ, if we've said yes to Christ and we surrendered our life to Christ, then what happens is the bar has been raised on what love should look like for us. Love is meant to sharpen us. And the relationship that we uh, enter into is meant to be this sharpening thing. So often we think of relationships and we think of them as, um, specifically romantic relationships, as something for our comfort, right? We think of it as, man, this is the, this is the teddy bear, right? Marriage is going to be the teddy bear I win at the carnival, right? This awesome thing that's going to be fun and comfort, and this is the goal, and I'm trying to win this thing that's going to bring me comfort and be fun and all of those things. There's a lot of great things about marriage, which we'll talk about, but, but we have this perception that that's what it's supposed to be, as opposed to something that's actually, it's a chisel. It's not the, the, the cute stuffed teddy bear for our comfort. It's the chisel designed to sharpen us and make us look more like Jesus, 
And one of the defining purposes that God lays out for all of our relationships and all of our life and all of our circumstances is this idea of our sanctification, our maturity, right? It's a fancy word for just our maturity that we would look more and more like Jesus. And so we've got to understand the purposes of what we're signing up for, of what we're pursuing, of what we're chasing, or if you're married, what you're in, that one of the key purposes is for our sanctification. It is to do hard things. It is a chisel in our life. 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven you might have heard this if you've ever been to a wedding. Uh, it gets overused at weddings a lot, but it said, Paul says this. He says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The bar for this kind of love for Christians has been raised. It has been raised and has been set by Christ. Um, marriage is for our sanctification. There is no one in a worldly sense in, on earth that sanctifies me more than my wife. Uh, her, she knows my sin more than anyone else. Because I lucked out, she also loves and accepts and walks with me through all my junk. But, but my wife and the design of that relationship is that she is a sanctifying force. She knows me, loves me, but calls me out on my stuff on a regular basis. Uh, one, of the, one of the best things I heard in premarital counseling that I always hold on to is this idea of expectations and how important expectations are. How important expectations are is we're chasing relationships. Um, people aren't disappointed. Somebody wise once said this. People aren't disappointed by poor circumstances. Right? People are disappointed by unmet expectations. You could, you could walk into the worst experience of your life and it just be this miserable week of your life and you're just, you know, everything goes wrong. But if your expectations were set at a place where it's like, man, this is gonna be a really uncomfortable week and I know why because I'm working for this job and I'm getting a big paycheck at the end of it and so my expectations are set or I'm on a mission trip and so I know this isn't gonna be comfortable, it's gonna be hard. Our expectations are huge in how we navigate those kind of things. And so setting healthy expectations. If my expectation, if your expect expectation for what you're chasing after, for either what you're in if you're married, what you're engaged, you're dating, you're single, and you're looking for that and desiring and praying and wanting that. If your expectation is that a core purpose of what you're chasing is not about your comfort, but about your sanctification, challenging you, revealing sin in you, then that's going to prepare you and it's also gonna train your eyes for what you should be looking for. Um, it's not about you. You're gonna hear that a lot in the next six weeks. It's not about you. It's about Jesus, and he uses these relationships for us. Uh, marriage reveals that sin. It reveals selfishness. When I was single, I wanted to be a homeless man. I wanted to live in a van and get in adventures and drive around the country. That was my dream in life. It really was. You laugh, but that was my goal in life. Then I got married, and my wife wanted to live in a home. <sighs> revealed my selfishness, Right? I wanted to live in a van and get in adventures like Cain and Kung Fu and walk the earth with a staff, but she didn't want that, uh, right? There's, there's selfishness that that's gonna reveal. Key purpose of marriage. How is it sanctifying? How is it doing hard things? It is, it is the gym, it is not the carnival. 
If you go into the gym for the first time and your expectations are, man, I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna build muscle, then man, you're gonna be able to approach that probably much better than if you show up to a gym thinking, man, this is gonna be a fun carnival. And then you're doing leg lifts and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> this is the worst carnival ever, right? It's like there were no prizes, there was nothing, this was awful, right? But if you approach it and say, yes, my muscles should be sore, this is good, this is God's design, then it changes. Sanctification. Second, second uh, core purpose that we see. Illustration. Our lives should be an illustration for the Lord, specifically in the, in the role of the purpose of a marriage. Part of God's design in marriage, part of the core design of why he created it, right? What's on the outside cover of the Lego box is this, and it is I am making this. I am making this, kids, he says, he says, I'm making this so that you might illustrate who I am in my gospel. Ephesians chapter five, 22 through 32. This is a, a, a big passage. Um, we're not gonna be able to get into all of it, but I want you to see a really key theme here uh, in these 10 verses in Ephesians chapter five. This is what Paul says, talking about marriage, directly talking about marriage, Paul says this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now look at this, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Verse 31. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Stop right there before it. I read verse 32. So there's so much here. And honestly, we're gonna unpack some more nuances of, of this incredibly important 10 verses uh, later throughout this series. But, but I want us to see one general overarching, again, tonight, 30,000 foot, real general. What's the whole big idea? What's the purpose of this marriage thing? <clears throat> We've got wives laying down their lives and submitting their lives to husbands. We've got husbands laying their lives down for wives. We've got this, this picture of these Two people in this marriage just like fighting for the short straw almost. This sacrifice that's happening. This mystery of God's design is this sacrificial laying down your life faster than the other person can lay down their life for you. And it's this really beautiful thing, but it's this mystery. And look what Paul says right after he unpacks this. He says in verse 32, this mystery is profound, Paul says. And then he says, I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Marriage refers, marriage is a picture. The purpose of marriage is to be an illustration of Jesus and the church. The purpose for those of you who are chasing and pursuing and desiring and wanting that or in it right now, the purpose is that you would illustrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why he made it. God didn't need to make marriage. He didn't need to make that, right? But he chose to make it 
so that the world around us, that we are called to be salt, we are called to be light, we are called to reflect, we're called to be ambassadors, right? We see constantly over and over again what, what followers of Christ are supposed to be doing and we're supposed to be representing and marriages are designed to say, yes, this is not about me, this is about Jesus. And a husband and a wife loving each other in a selfless way is supposed to be this beautiful picture this beautiful illustration, specifically in marriage of sacrifice. Of, man, let me lay down my life for you. Why? Because Jesus' life was laid down for, for me. Well, but what if they don't deserve it? <laughs> That's the gospel. I don't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve the grace of God through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. I don't deserve what that purchased for me. That's the gospel. And then in marriage, it gets to play that out. We are to be those pictures. Something that um, just about every wedding I do, I talk about this and I've talked about it in here. It's, it's a, a topic we, we bring up a good amount, but it's super important and we can't talk about this kind of relationship without talking about this real quickly covenant and contract. Right? The, the picture that we're supposed to be of this gospel-centered relationship, the purpose of marriage, is designed to be this covenant. Right? It's a covenant that God has made with us which means it can't be broken, which means it's based on his character, not us. Praise God for that. Seriously, if we just stop and say, yes, we know that. A lot of us know that. A lot of us nod our head to that. Week after week and day after day, yeah, man, praise God that his grace is enough and his grace is sufficient and we sing songs about it. But man, let's just, just for a second, nothing you can do, if you are in Christ, nothing you can do can break the covenant that God has made with you because it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on you, it's dependent on his unchanging character. Man, that's amazing. And that's what a covenant looks like. And our world would offer contracts, right? They would say, well, it's a committed relationship, it's a contract, it's a 50-50 thing, it's a, I'll do my part if you do your part. But if one of the people in a marriage ends up not doing their part, if somebody in this relationship just keeps dropping the ball, well, then they let down their end of the contract so it's null and void and I can back out of it. It's not what we see. That's not the profound picture that Paul says between Christ and the church and how he loves us. Church, we drop the ball all the time. Church, we're people that are, are broken and imperfect, and yet the grace of God continues to pursue us and keep us connected for those who are in Christ in this room. And that's amazing. That's the purpose. That's what we're heading towards. That's what our expectation should be set on. In marriage, as you're chasing that, as you're praying for that, as you're desiring that, those are, those are huge. It's about our sanctification, not our comfort. It's, it's about an illustration of his sacrifice, not just a contract for, for my own pleasure. The third thing, and we're just gonna do three, three big, big things tonight on the purpose of marriage. And then I got some other stuff for us, quickly. Mission. Mission. It's designed to sanctify us. It's designed to illustrate God. And marriage is designed as a mission, specifically a partnership that two people get to go. We are called to be on mission. We talk about that a lot here at Renovate. And in fact, Renovate Project, this thing that we're doing on Sunday night, is all about that. It's all about, man, how do we step into this, this concept, this concept we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that now that we have been reconciled, we have now been given the ministry of reconciliation to go and do likewise, 
to go and be reconcilers of those around us, to represent Jesus, to be ambassadors to people around us. The design of marriage is to be this partnership unto that mission, to be a partnership unto that mission. Proverbs 31. Man, Proverbs 31, I'm not even gonna read it. You should spend some time studying Proverbs 31. It's awesome. We see in Proverbs 31, this just bad A of a woman. This wife who, who just, I mean, she wakes up, she just dominates life and she sets the bar and it's this incredible picture of, of who God has called and empowered women to be, to, to be this person who's, um, the picture of this godly woman is you know, not just uh, some subjugated woman in the corner. It's this woman who wakes up before her family and is working hard and, is, and is, is doing things that help her husband's business and is in the city and is known and is serving and is, and is being a light and is partnering. We see in these glimpses of Proverbs 31 as we're watching this woman, we're like, wow, man, this guy has a partner that's leading the pace, right? Who's setting a pace, um, in, in this marriage that we get these little glimpses of in the last chapter of Proverbs. And it's this awesome thing. Marriage is designed by God to be a partnership unto the mission that we're called to, uh, unto the mission that we're called to. It's, it's not about, okay, great, now I'm married, now it's about me and my comfort and, and my satisfaction. It's about, great, now I'm on mission with a partner. And that is huge to understand that as we are pursuing toward that end of who we might marry or we're engaged or we're in marriage and we're wrestling with this idea of, man, what does our partnership and mission look like together now? These two people who are wired differently and have different gifts. Uh, one of my favorite uh, people in this room is a guy named Robert Bimber who, uh, who has been a part of Renovate for a long time. Uh, he was in the leadership team that first started uh, Renovate. Uh, that was before I was even on the Life Stage 2 staff. Uh, he was a guy who just said, man, I, I want to be a part of the mission that God has. I want to be an ambassador in this city. I want to, I want to, I have been reconciled and I want to be a reconciler to others. And so let's create a, a gathering where more people can show up and we're more inclusive and, and, and we're able to get the gospel in front of people more and empower people to then go out and love. And so he was right there in the core of that team, man. Single dude, loving Jesus, chasing after Jesus and really helped start this ministry. Uh, and then he ended up finding a wife at Renovate one night. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but there she was, across from the drink trough, and they were just drinking LaCroix, eating breakfast tacos, their eyes met. And he married Hannah, who is the sweetest girl in the world, man. And this, this woman who um, has really now come along and served and, and is this incredible light. And a lot of you guys know Robert and Hannah. And one of the things I love about um, specifically Robert's story is um, he's a single dude who helped start a ministry full of other single people. But when he got married, it wasn't like, cool, found my wife at Renovate, I'm out of here, <laughs> right? It was like, hey, I'm committed to this thing. So how can we both serve together in this really cool, really beautiful way? And that's not to say, that's not to say that the end goal and everyone's mission needs to be serving together on Wednesday night at Renovate. I don't want you to hear me say that right? One of the things that happens in marriage is you start losing time and you don't have as much margin of time. And there are things that you're going to have to cut out. And that's a part of life. And that's a part of ministry. And that's a part of, not everyone has to choose that. So I don't want you to be like, oh man, there's that one time been told that story with a couple that got married and then they stayed. I'm going to be the example of the couple that left, you know, that one (laughs) illustration got married. And I was like, I'm out of here. Got my girl, got my guy. That's not what I mean. This is not, this, there's millions of ways to partner uh, together for mission. But I love that. 
And we have to see that that's what marriage is. Marriage is not the, the goal. Marriage is not the finish line, right? You've heard this before, right? It's the starting line to say, okay, great. Now, now I'm walking alongside in partnership with ministry for those who are engaged. It's not the, oh, great, I, I got there. Now, now I'm gonna focus on, on us. And I see that trap happen all the time. And there needs to be healthy boundaries set for newlywed couples, man. And if, and if you are newlywed in this room, man, there needs to be healthy boundaries where you guys are investing in each other in some, some really healthy ways. But I would also say, be really careful to not set really unhealthy habits where you've turned the beginning of your marriage into just being about you. And instead, build these habits in your early years of marriage to say, man, this per- the part of the purpose of this is for us to go serve together now, to be on mission. And even if we have different gift mixes and, and skill sets, maybe what does that look like to support each other in that way? Okay, Three big core purposes. We've got to know the big picture. We've got to know the 30,000 foot of where are we going? What's the goal? What is this even supposed to look like? And if we don't have healthy expectations, then we're going to miss the mark. Then we're going to shoot off. Then we're going to be chasing the wrong thing. Then we're going to be dating in the wrong way. Then we're going to, our engagement is going to be healthy. Then our marriage is going to be healthy. Three core purposes, man. God's purpose is for your sanctification, not for your comfort in marriage. That's what you're chasing. You're chasing doing the hard thing. It is to be an illustration of the gospel and it is to be in partnership for the mission that God has called everybody to be on. What does this mean? What does this mean for you guys? Let's let's get real practical and apply it. If you are married in this room or listening to this and, and you're a married couple, what are these three purposes? How do you really apply these things to your life? Lay up. You go through them and you ask yourself and you ask your spouse, how are we doing on these things? If this is God's design, how are we doing on these things? You grab your, your wife or your husband and you say, man, let's, and I would say practically tonight, before you go to bed, in the drive home, or if you're listening to this, then, then pull aside your spouse and say, man, let's spend some time praying and let's really ask ourselves the question of, man, how is this relationship sanctifying each, uh, each other? Man, how am I lovingly supporting you as you are being chiseled to look more like Jesus? How am I speaking in? How am I giving you words of life and building you up to look like the husband or the wife that you were called to be? So if you're married, real practically, you say, man, is this relationship sanctifying each other? Is it in a healthy way? And being open-handed to say, maybe there's some feedback that you need to receive from your spouse of a way you can do that better. Um, You ask the question of, is our marriage an illustration? Is it an illustration to the community around us? To the world around us, do we love each other the way these texts talked about loving? Do we love each other the way that Ephesians 4 tells us to love each other? Are we forgiving each other as we've been forgiven? Or are we bitter? Are we gossiping with our friends about our spouse? What what does that look like in your marriage if you're married? Or, Or even this idea of mission, to ask and say, man, are we on mission together? What's that look like? And are there ways we can be more effective for the kingdom of God? How can we serve together more? How can we make this less about us and our comfort? Having healthy boundaries, but also giving our lives away like we're called to, like we're designed to do. If you're dating, if you're dating, how do you apply this? Again, real practically, dating is about evaluating who am I moving towards this marriage? If, if the purpose of dating is marriage, right, then I get to look at this and say, okay, these things Am I dating somebody who's going to challenge and sharpen me to look more like Jesus? 
And we're gonna get real detailed in, in a couple of weeks of what that looks like and how you do that and get real specific and zoomed in on a lot of these areas. But you at least start to evaluate and you say, okay, man, is this relationship sanctifying me to look more like Jesus or is it pulling me away from Jesus? Or is it becoming an idol? Is it starting to replace Jesus? I mean, we use this as an evaluation. I mean, does our dating relationship look like something that's headed towards the trajectory of, yeah, I, I think we can represent this to the world around us as we're called to in Ephesians 5. And then, man, is this somebody that I can partner with for mission? Not partner with for my comfort, but partner with to be an ambassador for Christ. We start to evaluate through that lens. Start to ask yourself those real tangible, practical questions, man. The, the Lego box cover, is that what you're building? Or are you building something that looks more like the world or building something more that you're, you want or your desires or you feel like is right? And we go back and we say, man, is that what you're building? And the last category is if you're single. How do we apply this, right? If you're single, half of you, I know at least one guy is like, Ben, you, I hate you right now. <laughs> you spent 20 minutes talking about marriage and the beauty of God's design and marriage. I want that. I want that, and I'm looking for that. I am trying to be faithful and trying to do what I'm supposed to do. I want that so badly, and I thought I was gonna, and then it didn't, and there was this disappointment, and it seems like it's never going to, and I get that. That's so hard. It's so hard for this, this married pastor to get up here and talk about how hard marriage is or how good it is or how all of these things and say, man, I just long for that. I hear you. I see you. I, I do. I get it. It is hard, but somebody in, if you are single, then there are purposes here too. You are not second class. Listen to me. If you are single, you are not incomplete. You are not incomplete looking for someone to complete you. That is the biggest lie. You're not looking for someone else so that finally I can do these things. And until I have somebody to date to even start to hint at evaluating towards this degree, I won't be able to be an illustration and be sanctified and be on mission. No. In fact, look, real quick, I want to take you through three purposes of singleness. Ready for this? Three purposes of singleness. One, mission. A purpose of singleness, of your life, if you are in, in this room listening to this and, and you are not in a relationship you'd like to be or maybe you're just enjoying your singleness in this season, great. Part of your design and purpose right now is to be on mission. And specifically, to be on mission in an effective way. Biblically, God tells us that you are more effective than married people. The Bible says that. 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35 says this. Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Man, you might be in a season where you hate to hear that. Take it up with the Bible. I don't know what to tell you. You're not second class, you're not incomplete, you're not waiting for a wife or a husband so then you can be in this partnership ministry. You are actually called to be in, on mission in a more effective way with an undivided attention to 
by design use this season. And you can either be obedient with that or disobedient with that. But to say, I'm going to use this season to be an ambassador for Christ and to be on mission and to use my gifts. And if you don't know how to do that, then show up and come talk to us. Get plugged in on Sunday night. That's what it's gonna be all about. How do we use our gifts and our calling and our wiring and our, our places to be on mission? Real practically, how do we do that? Uh, man, let us walk with you and let us speak into to some of those patterns in your life or gifts that we might identify in your life. Um, you are called to be on mission and that mission is going to be incredibly effective. I'm gonna pick on somebody right now um, who does this really well. And honestly, I could list off just about every one of the people on my staff, but I thought, who is gonna hate being name dropped the most? And it's Victoria Davis. <clears throat> who here knows Victoria Davis? Yeah. Victoria Davis is an amazingly gifted, godly, beautiful sister of Christ in my life who uh, I get to work with and who I get to at, at times see serve alongside me and other aspects of this ministry uh, who disciples college girls and disciples kind of anybody she runs into. Uh, and, and God has her right now in a, single of season, uh, a season of singleness, partly because I have yet to meet a guy good enough to marry Victoria Davis. And I'm the gatekeeper on that one right now. And so I'm hurting her game. I'm just, I'm hurting her game right now. Uh, pretty hardcore. Uh, so, but but he, here's what I see. I see this woman who is not wasting her singleness, right? Who's giving her life away. Maybe in some ways too much, right? There needs to be some boundaries to dial down. She's gonna have a meltdown soon. But she gives her life away in some incredible ways and pours into people and in a constant way that's unsustainable in, in other ways. And in, in ways where when, when somebody comes along who we finally allow, who I finally allow to talk to her, uh, when that, when that happens, then, man, God's going to take her into a different season, and that partnership is going to look different. Uh, man, don't waste your singleness. Don't waste your singleness. Wanting, but I want that, and I get it, and that's a good thing, and that's where you're at. I hear you, but there is a purpose that God has for you in this season of your life, and it's to be on mission in an effective way. You know what a second purpose is? A second purpose, you're not going to believe this. Is it saying, it's a... Uh, Illustration, that's what it is. You're not gonna leave it because I lost my place in my notes. <clears throat> it's illustration, right? A purpose of singleness, right? You see the pattern here? A purpose of singleness is to be an illustration of who Jesus is and how God works. It's to be an illustration to the world around you. And so if you are single and you say, oh man, I can't be sanctified and I can't, be, I can't have this illustration. Yes, part of the purpose is to illustrate God's sufficiency in your life. As difficult as that is, as hard as that is at times, it is to demonstrate in the same way that a covenant relationship is to demonstrate this covenant love, even when things are not good to the world around you. It says, man, that relationship should have died a long time ago. But no, there's a covenant bond. Someone who's single is to illustrate this beautiful idea of, and yet Jesus is enough for me. And that is a in, in many of our lives, that is a, not just a day-to-day -day struggle to believe that, that is a moment-to-moment -moment struggle. Jesus is enough for me. And I believe it during that one song we sang, and 10 minutes later, I forget it, and I need these other things to be enough for me. And yet, it is this illustration for the world around us. Uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. God, this is such a good book, too. What's happening is we've, we've got this nation of Israel that is that is hurting, that is waiting, that is lamenting where they're at in life, lamenting where they're at in life, wanting, desiring, 
and listen to what the prophet says. The steadfast love of the Lord, in chapter three, verse 22 through 24, he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Listen to this. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. That is an illustration to everyone around us in a season that is unique in this part of your life to say, I'm gonna be an illustration of his sufficiency. And that's hard. And that's not put on a mask and fake it and say the right Christian thing. It's, man, can I really genuinely lean and can I really find my hope in Jesus in that tangible of a way? And that is so sanctifying, which is the third purpose, sanctifying because I've got to lean in and depend on Jesus and I've got to do the hard thing and I've got to chase purity and I've got to chase uh, loving the Lord in a way that's tangible for those around me and being an ambassador and all of those things that God has called you to do in your life. We can either be obedient or be disobedient with it. We have, we have a choice there. And so tonight, my encouragement is if you're hearing this and you're single, you're, you're not hearing these three things and saying, oh man, I need to get married so that, but you would also see, look what God is doing in your life as well. Look what God is doing in your life in this season uh, as well. And can you lean into that? Uh, can you agree with that and walk in that? You are not incomplete, brothers and sisters. You are called to a mission and given an opportunity to be effective with it, so run towards those things. Here's how I want to end tonight. Um, <clears throat> this is big picture. And we're gonna zoom in a lot and I'm gonna take you guys off a lot and that's just gonna be our love-hate relationship. Um, but I want you to hear this uh, before we go back into worship. Um, you might be looking at this and thinking, okay, fine, here we go, great, know this, check, nod my head. Um, I don't want you to leave here uh, without hearing for a second about the grace of God. Because the grace of God is what takes us and fills that gap of faith that we have to say, okay, I know he's supposed to be enough, but I, my heart isn't there yet. Or some days I don't really believe that and I don't really find my sufficiency in him. And I'm not really, I, I'm not really satisfied with who Jesus is. And, and there's this amazing thing for those who are in Christ where God's grace says, yes, I know. And, and it's not this it's not this tactic that he has to say, you've got to trust me and, and, and if you play this game right and if you check the right boxes, well, then I'll give you what you're waiting for. It's not a formula. He's, he's on this side of your sanctification. Wherever you are in this, if you're married, if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you are single, he has not abandoned you. He has not left you. And he desires for your growth in this process. And it is his grace that allows us to move forward. And there are other people in this room who hear this and know we're talking about relationships and think, yeah, I have blown it. And I have had, a, I have had enough bad relationships. And I've done things and gone places and I know where we're going in this series is gonna be tough and there's gonna be some hard things and we're gonna talk about some stuff and I want you to hear and I wanna end tonight on remembering the grace of God that he did not withhold his grace from you until you got cleaned up, but he offered it at the cost of his son on a cross so that you might be his. And no matter where you are at, you have not gone too far. God desires more of you and his grace is that bridge that says, yes, come and follow me. Come and look more like me. You are designed to. And anything else that you chase or try to look like is not going to satisfy you like I will satisfy you. 
the God of the universe says. And so in the next six weeks, sisters in Christ, sisters in this room, women in this room, keep chasing after him, knowing that the God of the universe has offered enough grace to cover everything. Brothers in this room, men in this room, Keep chasing after him. Lean in this next six weeks into some hard conversations, some stuff that's going to poke and reveal some things in your life, but knowing that the grace of God is enough to cover those things and make new what was broken. That's the gospel. That is what is available to us. That is what we walk in. Let me pray over you. Father, we love you. And we love to remind ourselves of this truth that we love you because you first loved us. And so God, as we, um, as we just kind of start this journey looking at, relationships and over the next couple of weeks looking at who to date and how do we date and, and what this looks like and, and how we navigate relationships and how we maintain and grow these relationships. And fathers, we do that, Lord, would your Holy Spirit guide us just as a ministry in this room and then as you continue to process with us, God, and would all of that be driven not by us understanding the facts, understanding the rules and the tips and the three main purposes of this or the three goals of this, but instead, Father, would all be grounded and rooted from a place of understanding that we have a God who loves us and is for us. You are for your glory, and yet you choose to find glory in us being satisfied with you. And so, Lord, uh, we pray for that tonight. Uh, we pray that we would have uh, really eyes to see and ears to hear how beautiful you are, how satisfying you are, um, that the, the heavenly relationship that we have with you uh, satisfies us and then dictates and drives the earthly relationships around us. I thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope this was a blessing to you. Uh, relationships are a tough thing, and whether you're single and, and waiting and really trying to find your sufficiency in Christ, uh, whether you are dating and navigating that, whether you're married, we would love to walk and, and encourage you in any way we can as a church. So reach out to us, renovatefw.org, and uh, really let us know how we can walk with you. And then also, if you wanted to text in questions or comments throughout this series that we could maybe help get to and answer some of those things throughout uh, the next six weeks, then please do text us. Uh, our number is 682-200-0012. And so uh, if you're listening to these week of and, and you want to send us a question or a comment or some tension you're feeling, uh, we'd love to hear it and we'd love to be able to step into uh, any of those issues that God might be tugging on your heart with. God bless you. Have a great week.